Welcome back to the Dirt Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Witt, on a mission to make the dirt world a better place. Today, we have episode 66 with Nick Schiffer of NS Builders. Uh, I first talked to Nick, I guess, uh, many months ago over social media, was on his podcast. We get into that on this podcast and have followed his business ever since. He's a home builder in the Boston area, does remarkable work, really cool stuff. You can follow him online to see videos of what he does day to day. I really, really admire this guy's business and, and this guy in general. So hopefully you enjoy this episode and let's get right to it. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for stopping by. How's your run? Oh, uh, it was, uh, it w- actually kind of makes you sound like a crazy person, but it wasn't that bad. No, it's, I, um, I just read, uh, David Goggins book. Yeah. I, we talked about this, right? Mm, I don't know. Was it you? Maybe. Oh, you know what? Maybe I was talking to chemo about it, but, um, it's like, he makes me want to do a hundred miler and I'm not a runner. At all, like zero, and I just signed up for the Boston Marathon, and I got a bib. Whoa! My wife ran it two years ago, and and I was like, you know what? Screw it, I'll run. She's like, you haven't trained. I'm like, fuck it. I'm like, I'll figure it out. And I and I I went out for a run. She goes, how long are you going for? And I'm one of those people that won't like I won't tell you until I do it because I don't want to say I'm going for ten. Then come back and only do nine. Yeah. Like I don't know. I'm just gonna go until I feel like feel like it. And I came back, and she goes. You you just did ten miles. You haven't ran in a year and a half. I'm like, yep. She goes, did you do the run that you hurt yourself on? I'm like, yep. Made that run, my bitch, today. <laughs> Love it. And it's like then the next week, I was like, I'm gonna go out for fifteen, and I went out for fifteen. I'm like, I mean, I, listen, I'm I'm not a like I didn't. It wasn't like I just ran like leisurely the whole time. I like stopped, slow down, and and shit. But I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. That's so, all it takes. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's all it's all mindset. It really is. Yeah. Like some, some guy, like he was in, into ultra marathons and he just told me before I tried my first, he's like, anyone can walk a hundred miles. It's not that bad. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, I technically, yeah. Anybody could walk a hundred miles. Right. <laughs> How hard <Right>. could it be? <laughs> uh, yeah. But chemo, he rounded out the, the one we ran together and he's just a machine. Yeah. And damn guy. And I feel then, like he I feel like he started running. I mean, he only started running a few years ago. I feel like he didn't run when I first found him on Instagram. I don't think so. I followed him. Yeah, he's been on there for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I don't think he did. And I've I've only done it the past few years because I did it when I started the company because I started mm-hmm. traveling and it's I can just do it anywhere. Just bring a pair of shoes and you're good to go. Right. Um, but now he's really into it. Yeah. Although he's got uh He's got a little bit of uh, a few more years than I do mm. on me. So if he does exactly what I do, it's more impressive for him to do it than it is me, which bothers right. me. <laughs> yeah, you're like me. It's like, I, you know, I can't do anything 70%. It's like, I'm not going to go for a mile run. I'm going to do 10 miles. It's like, you, 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 and it's like, if he's, you know, 10 years older than me, then ah, I'll do whatever he does plus some and I'll, and, and I won't, I won't hurt. I'm going to be in like, I'll be totally fine. The problem, the problem is he's like that too. So we did, we did 12 runs and we did extra credit. We ran an extra four something. Like, I think it was 52.4 miles. 
he did 13 runs and ran 52.5 miles. <laughs> like he's, he's that kind of asshole that always has to beat you. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. <clears throat> well, you were in South Carolina, huh? Not right now. You were though? I was. So my uh, wife and kids are down there. Is that right? Yeah. They, yeah, they, she went down. So her cousin lives down there and she was like, Hey, what about, what if I rent a house in South Carolina for a month? Wow. And, and I was like, I mean, okay. I mean, what, am I not going to see you guys for a month? And she's like, well, what if you just travel like back every weekend? I'm like, that sounds super expensive, but let's, let's look, look at it. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can make it work. And I realized I have all these points. Oh yeah. It's going to cost, it's going to cost me nothing to travel. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she booked it and she's been down there. She's got, uh, one more week. I'm actually flying back down there in, uh, next week or, uh, the middle of next week and I'll, I'll drive back. But, um, man, what a, what a great place. Is it, are they on the beach? Like on Charleston. the coast? Charleston? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So I, like, South Carolina is one of the most underrated states dude, in the country. Wildly, yeah. wildly underrated. And it's. You know, she's literally sending me real estate listings listings for homes down there, mm -hmm. and she just sent she's just sent me one. And it's less than we pay for our mortgage for the house I'm sitting in right now in Boston, and it's got a pool yard. And she's like, "I, I mean, what if we do it?" I'm like, "Okay." I, I, she's like, "Seriously?" I'm like, "I mean, I'm down to, I'm down for whatever." Like, yeah. like if you know, and it's crazy. Like I'm, I'm. This is like the first time I'm actually sharing the, everything going on because I'm like I can't really talk about this because like yeah. I have a business up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 part of me is like I don't know. I mean, one of my life goals is to build the most incredible <laughs> homes around the entire world. So why not start with the next one in Charleston? You know, like I don't like I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but why rule it out? And that that's kind of how I did it. Like I didn't intend to do stuff away from home. And then an opportunity came up, actually, funny enough, in South Carolina. Mm. And I was just like, well, I guess I'm going to South Carolina. And you kind of just, I don't know, you know how it is. You just figure it out and then it snowballs from there. Right. It, it, you know what? I think, well, I, I shouldn't even say, I think I, most, I know most people, it just comes down to like risk tolerance or like what you're willing to risk or, you know, the balls to do something. And, you know, everything could point me in the direction of don't do that focus on what you have but it's like i mean i could or i could take another risk and and i don't know well what if i split my time half and half yeah and you know it's a two-hour flight i mean it's like i could be in traffic for two hours is it really only two hours from boston yeah it's it, yeah it's literally i think like an hour and 55 minutes or something like that that's Direct. not bad wow yeah. direct into charleston yeah. Wow. And, and it's like, I don't know, 30 minutes, not even 30 minutes to where she's staying. Not like bad. From, from the airport. I mean, in the airport, it's from the time you're dropped off at the airport in Charleston, Charleston to the time you're at your gate is maybe 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is amazing. Yeah. One of our guys, he lives in Charleston and he flies out of there all the time. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's, I've actually, I've been to Savannah a bunch, but I've never spent time downtown Charleston and I've always wanted to go. So she, uh, 
I, I don't know if they went today, but they were going <clears> to <throat> drive up to Savannah uh, for the beaches up there. But it's just, I mean, it's just a different type of living. Yeah. And it's, you know, Boston, I, I said it the other day, Boston is such a rat race. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I like that to an extent. I don't like the constant um, need to take advantage of situations, you know, like, like client, uh, clients and, and, and particular people taking advantage of, you know, really great people. And I think, I just feel like that's, that's becoming this increasingly popular thing here. And it's like the little time I've spent down there, it's, you know, it just seems just more relaxed and just kind of understanding and like the, like the air quotes, Southern living, you know, it's like, it's, it's just more, uh, I don't know, more like gentlemanly. Southern hospitality is a real thing. I I mean, there's a reason why I moved to Tennessee because it's just, I don't know what it is about it, but it's so damn friendly and back yeah. East, especially like back East Chicago. Yeah. It's just like, everybody's trying to get everybody like, right. You're just always trying to get after people. And down here, everyone is, it's like the opposite. It's a totally yeah. different change of pace. And it's, you know, I've never even considered, uh, Charleston and, and we just happened to visit there this, this time and we both love it. But before that, you know, I always, I always think about chemo. I'm like, if you know what, I'm just going to give all this up. I want to move to Hawaii and live the island. Like, I'll just be a bartender. Yeah. Like, and yeah. I want to, I'm going to learn to surf and I'm going to hang out on the beach with my kids every day and just like, and, and totally, totally change my lifestyle. And, you know, it sounds good, but I know like deep down, it's like my, I, I enjoy, I enjoy my lifestyle. I want to live in a great house because I love great architecture and, those things do matter to me, but you know, it would be nice to have, and I'm talking like I'm moving to Charleston and yeah, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> but the reality is it's like, I, I just, I think that, you know, at some point in, in my life, whether it's in the future or it's uh, further down, I think that we'll probably have some sort of residency down there. The, you know, as far as home building is concerned, that's a pretty sweet place to be too. You don't have like the history that Boston has, mm-hmm. but you definitely have the money and you definitely have the custom homes. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And I forget, I think it was Daniel's Island that we were, we were out and they do a lot of those um, like housing clusters, mm-hmm. which I think are great, but it's a little pleasant villi. Yeah. You know, it's like you get in there, it's like boom, 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 boom. Everything is like condensed, but there's so many benefits to that. And I don't mean that in a dis- necessarily a disrespectful way. It's just very different. But it, I, I, we were in this neighborhood and I'm like, man, these, all of these houses look new. It's like, oh, yeah. And, I, and oh, yeah. I look it up and it's like every house in this development was built after 2009. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, that's 12 years all thousands of these homes just popped up out of nowhere and it's it's interesting but there are parts that um that we drove through i think mount pleasant that we drove through some like architectural neighborhoods i'm like this this is where i need to like this is where i would want to build you know that uh, yeah i have you have you been to savannah like the historic downtown all that i guess charleston has it too but some of the homes down there i mean they're from the 1800s and some of the most beautiful architecture I've seen in this country right. is down 
in Savannah along these just beautiful streets and all the trees are even historic. They were planted so long ago and they're so beautiful. And then all the different rules surrounding these homes, like you can't just change the windows out. That, that doesn't go, you gotta, you gotta do it exactly to the like historic specification. I I don't know what the correct term is, but it's all preservation. Yeah. And it's, you know, I love that. I do. And I love the traditional aspect of it, but you know, deep down, I'm definitely more of a modernist. Yeah, and I love contemporary architecture. And you know, if uh, if you haven't heard me talking about it a thousand times now, but uh, Australia does such a great job with contemporary architecture. But they do; they have these pockets of more, um, and they don't have a lot of history down there. But they do have these pockets of older homes, and like they're typically like older cottage style homes that are clustered together and you can't change the facade and things of that nature but you know i follow this publication down there and they they do a really good job where it's yeah street side you it looks just like the next door neighbor you walk inside Mm. like juxtaposed to the outside it's like wildly contemporary it's got this black this glass box hanging off the back of the building i'm like yes wow i'm like if if i can if i can build new yeah go contemporary all day like crazy west coast style you know uh big glass but you know if i'm if i'm dealing with like something like savannah which i don't even know if it would be allowed but it's like you 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 take it and you play with the old and it's almost like this um this experience right like if you come up to my you come up to the front door you knock on the door it's like you're in this quaint little neighborhood you open the door you're like what just happened Uh uh-huh you know it's like where I, i just like literally teleported through this door into a totally different space i like that uh, we're we're trying to do a little bit of that with our, we're building out an office right now. And it's in a building that I think uh, we looked it up the other day, built in 1916. Nice. So it's this old brick building, but then we're putting this really quirky modern office inside of it, which mm-hmm. I know it's not an original concept these days since that's the in thing to do. Um, but it's a lot of fun to balance new versus trying to respect what's already there. Like we're restoring the floors, we're keeping the brick as is, we're keeping the ceilings right. open, but then we're still fitting everything we need in there for our office. So it's just a little right. bit of both. Yeah. It's yeah. fun when you, when you play with both and you find, you know, you find uh, respect for ETH. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it makes it fun. Well, so people couldn't pick up that you're a home builder. Home builder. Yep. And how long have you been building homes for? Um, officially, so I started a company, NS Builders, uh, seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, we started as a carpentry company, and I named it NS Builders because I knew my goal was to build. Uh, started as a carpentry company, got into small remodels, bigger remodels, whole home remodels. We've done very little new construction, and now this year we've shifted to almost all primarily new construction is that right uh, yeah why um just to grow what? just to grow like why go to new construction it because it's our goal it was it was the goal for the company we wanted to really focus on ground up custom homes for you know clients and, and homeowners that valued what we did and the, we found that the people that valued it are people that want to build something that is architecturally distinct Hmm. and what we call a forever home, meaning that they're building this with the, the mindset that they're going to live there forever. And, you know, doing that, I always relate it to cars where, you know, oftentimes you get into this, 
you know, I, I feel like the mindset around real estate is that everyone always ha- like you have to make a profit. It's mm-hmm. like if I buy this house and I put a hundred thousand dollars into a renovation, I have to be able to sell it for two hundred thousand dollars more. It's like, what if you change your mindset because of that Audi that you're driving, right? You didn't buy that because it was going to appreciate in value. You bought it because it's got nice leather seats and you look cool in it and it's comfortable where it's like, what if you had that mindset with a home where it's, you buy it, you, you build it and you built it with the intent that you want it to perform and, and be for you. You know, you'd think that'd be common knowledge or, and, and just, it's not I, what you said. My dad did that exact same thing. He, he built this beautiful home in a town called paradise Valley in Arizona. And he built the entire thing with the intent and it was from the ground up new build with the intent to sell it. That was the only, right. the, the only purpose of it whatsoever. So he made all these design decisions that it, 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 let's pause there. wasn't for how us, ma- but how many, did, like there, I, I forget someone tally tallied it up and it was like thousands of decisions that have to be made to, in order to build a house. Yeah. And think about every one of those decisions was made with the inset, the, the mindset of selling it. Yeah. It's like, do you want that tile or that one? Well, that one's four dollars, and that one's forty. Let's do the four. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, do you want? You know, do you, it just? And it's wild to think that that is the mindset around real estate, where it's, you know, uh, to make another car analogy. You know, I I find that because I'm in, you know, I'm into. I, I used to build cars as a hobby, and you know, it. I the, the custom car world is interesting to me because I think of you, you restore uh, a Camaro, right? Mm-hmm. An old, an old Camaro, you spend a hundred thousand dollars restoring it. You're probably going to sell that car for 75,000. You're never going to get the hundred grand out of it, but let's flip it where, what if you spent $500,000, half a million dollars restoring this Camaro? You did everything like to the, to the nine, everything exactly right. So perfect. You might have a small market for it, but there's going to be people that value that enough. Where it's like, dude, you spared no expense. How much you have? You have a half million. I'll give you. I'll give you seven hundred fifty thousand for it, because they value. And there's this. It's this weird yeah. threshold of like almost teetering the scale. Where it's like you get to a point where you invest so much money that then people start noticing it, and then they're willing to pay, you know, a dollar twenty five on a dollar. So have you always wanted to be in that high end market? I would say, uh, um, yes. But there, there's a there's a caveat there. Yes, in the sense that because it it allows me to work with really great architects and mm-hmm. be really creative, and you know, being really creative and and you know tends to cost more money because it costs more time and using more um, different you know different products that aren't readily available. But the flip side to that is, you know, similar to this company called Bensonwood. They, they're a custom home builder. They pre-manufacture their uh, home panels in a shop and then they ship them all around, the, uh, or all around the country. But what he's done is he's built a business building custom homes and he, what he learns from building these custom homes, he creates systems around and he mm-hmm. started a sister company called Unity Homes, which sells a less, uh, basically a more inexpensive product for the masses. And so, you know, my you know, I would say one of my goals in, in efforts to give back to, you know, the, the, let's just say the world yeah, to give back to the world is that through this, through working in this high end world and being exposed to different met- means and methods and products, I want to be able to take that and then find a system so I could then 
give it back to say what we'll call middle America or the middle class, you know, where it's like you can, because that's who suffers, you know, that that's who suffers in this is because these, these home builders that are track home builders that are building thousands of homes at a time, you know, they're, they're done based on numbers and how fast they can go up. And, you know, I'm not saying they're all pieces of crap, but a lot of them are pieces of crap and they're disposable. They're disposable, you know, and it's, and building with this, this disposable mindset, it's like, it's so bad for the world. It kind of, I was just thinking about this the other, because I was out in California and in California, the sub, you you don't see bigger subdivisions in the United States than you do in California. It'll be thousands and thousands of homes in a single subdivision project, thousands Mm -hmm. of lots. And all of them are like, maybe each lot is like 5,000 square feet. They're like postage mm-hmm. stamps. And I know you're in, near Boston. Space is not exactly everywhere. I'm, I'm sitting on 1,700 square feet, so. <laughs> yes. So, but but this is like, you know, a family home with a backyard. Right. They're, they're, and they're just, you look at the build quality and you don't think, wow, that's a really quality product that's going to mm-hmm. last a long time because the home builders, they don't care. They're not going to be around in 15 years to, to deal with it. And it's, you know, it's, it's deeper than that. It's the, it's creating a commodity, like how, you know, what products can we use to, to get by? How do we meet code? You know, and there's, there's things that we can scale back on. And, you know, I think those systems that they have in place, they, they could be massively beneficial, but they're being used in the wrong manner where it's like, if we systemize with better products, you know, why not dig into, you know, the way we're building in a more scientific manner and figure out like where the, the failure points are and correct those failure points. And they are in the sense that as homes fail, they're correcting it. But it's like, we're not, we're, we're only thinking as far as we have to. Do you and think, I, and I, like, do you think everybody appreciates what you appreciate though, as far no, as just like no. a beautiful home or no. architecture? No, not at all. I would say 5% of the population does. So couldn't you argue that, well, they're just like middle America, like I'm just fine moving into this tracks home that has no character whatsoever. And it looks like every other home on my street because it's a, it's a house. This is American dream. 100%. I'm yeah. not doing, I'm not necessarily thinking about it for them. I'm thinking they're going to, they're going to benefit from it, but I'm talking about the, 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 the planet, you know? Yeah. That like makes sense. The, you're, I get it. you're, it's you're building these disposable products that I, I look around. I I live in South Boston, and it's like the stuff that gets built around here. You know these multifamilies. It's just like everyone everyone's a developer, and I watch this stuff go up, and I'm like, these are these are building science nightmares. Mm-hmm. And it's like, sure enough, a year later, one right around the corner for me, all the siding stripped back off it because it probably leaked. Oof. And it's like, it's because, you know, the technology isn't there. It's, you know, we don't, it's not necessary. It's not, oh, it's not a 30 story high rise. We don't need an envelope engineer. No, okay. You don't need an envelope engineer, but you should have someone that understands how an envelope should be built. And, you know, and I, and I, I spent a couple of years in commercial high rise construction and that's what I value the most is the, the, the forethought and the, the, the coordination that went into it. It's like, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, we built a, a building with 187 units in it. And it's like the building was built well. You know, it was cool to see the, st- the, the excavation work, the steel work, like the precast, everything, like the facade, like h- how it was engineered, all of these things. But then, then it got to the finishes and it's like, 
all right, we found a company in Texas that can build yeah. 187 kitchens for, you know, $187,000. I'm like, yes. wait, what? And it's just, and then that's where I, I really lost all of my steam in that, in that world. It's like, you know, cause the finishes m mattered so much where it was like, everything else was so well thought out The the, you know, the pipe fitter is, you know, uh, you know, stick welding his steam pipe together and it looks absolutely badass and it's like you know he's got the the mechanical room all lit up so when you take a photo of it, it looks it looks amazing and it's like all these guys care so much and then you get to the finishes and it's like nope just get that done as fast as possible i'm like man it's like we lost it i you're preaching to the choir here i don't know if anybody listening to this understands it because we are dirt talk and and we're not exactly a, a you know, formal Every, group. Everyone's like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, he yeah. One thing <laughs> this is, this is, I'm going to turn this off now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's talking about kitchen finishes, but it, <laughs> it, it drives me nuts. Yeah, you build this beautiful building on this beautiful piece of land in this extraordinary part of town with amazing views. And then you put, yeah, garbage carpet, garbage finishes. And like, I lived in a building like that in mm -hmm. Tempe for a year in, in college way overpaid to live there. And it was the right. exact same thing. This beautiful building, tallest tallest building downtown Tempe, looking out over the whole ASU campus. And then you just had garbage inside of it mm -hmm. because you could tell they just got the best price on it. Mm -hmm. Just outfit all the units. Don't have to think about it. We're going to make tons of money on this. Now, now try, you know, competing with that, right? Where it's like, what I mean by that is here I am, I'm building custom homes for clients. Now, clients have their own headaches. Most mm -hmm. of my headaches <laughs> revolve around that. And, you know, there's, you know, a spec builder, a guy that builds a house on spec and sells it. And, you know, I, I constant, I, I always have one kicking in the back of my head is, you know, all right, I would love to build my dream product, right? Because our, you know, Massachusetts doesn't have a ton of modern architecture and it's not well supported i think but i'm but i'm confident that i could build something that no one else has built and bring this different modern architecture to massachusetts and and have it explode mm. and but it, but what i'm getting at is number one you do that in boston it's you're still selling you're renting your you're, you're selling that unit for a million dollars and i can get this one for you know, $800,000. It's like, they're the same. Yours is smaller. It's like, but have you seen it? No, but yours is smaller. It's like, that's, that's not the point. Like it, it I'm compared. It's, it's, it's an apples to orange thing where it's like, you're, you're competing with a product that is so inferior or the other side of it is you're, you're trying to convince a bank. Like you're trying to convince financing yeah. that, Hey, listen, this house is actually going to cost me $800 a square foot to build. Like we would never finance that. The market says you can't sell it for more than six hundred dollars a square foot, and I'm like, that's because it doesn't exist yet. I've I've learned that finance people just don't care. I have a couple. I think I well I'm close. I'm close. Yeah, 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 yeah. It <laughs> takes a while to find the ones that do care because there's a lot that don't care. They just he's look. Like, if it doesn't yeah, pencil he, out, I don't care about you. He's. I sent him a spreadsheet. He goes, "Oh, this will help." I'm like, "That's it." I'm like, I just had to do a spreadsheet to show you. And he was like, yeah, this is super helpful. I'm like, all right, I'll just kick you a spreadsheet every time I come across one because I can make, I'll show you what it works. Like, I'm not saying the market's going to, you know, the, the the lady that's looking at the market's going to uh, support it, but 
I know what we're going to build and I know what people, I, I know that people will go for it. I've been, I've been trying to borrow money for three years. We finally did it successfully. But as a 26 year old trying to borrow money to say, oh, I know I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a ton of money. We're going to be super successful when you haven't really right. done it yet. They, they're not hearing it. They're like, yeah. nah, if, if you don't, you have no assets, your revenue is not what it needs to be. I know. Get out of here, kid. But you know, it's it, good for you to to keep going for it because you know, just like I had mentioned earlier, it's like people people just give up. You know, it's like, yeah. and I think you know, there's there's so much hardship in in every industry, and I'm, I guess I'm thinking about mine specifically. But there's so much hardship and stress, and 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 it's no wonder people give up on it. It's like you know, no one believes in me. No one will finance me. It's like you know, what, screw it. I'm just gonna go back to my job, and it's you know. That's the the way the majority of people will react to it, the situation, because it becomes too hard. So you've been you've been doing it for seven years, and you've probably had your fair share of kicks in the nuts. Have you ever got to the point of like, why, why am I even? Why do this? There's, there's there's better ways to do this, or are you just so hell bent on no? We're going to make this happen. So it's it, it's it's April. Um, I think in this month alone, probably six or seven yeah. times. <laughs> I mean, no, it's, it, that's a very yeah. real thing. And that's, you know, yeah. that's why we started our podcast is because, you know, when I get to that point or, you know, when my co-hosts get, 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 got to those points, it's, you feel alone, you know, you don't feel like you feel like you, you start comparing yourself to others. And I'm sure you, you do the same thing. It's like, mm-hmm. you see another company, it's like, why am I doing this? Like they, they're crushing it. They look at their revenue. Like I, I'm struggling and I can't find the right people or I, I keep having crap clients. It's, it's constant, but I'm definitely hell bent. I'm hell bent on the fact that I know that we're, we haven't accomplished what, what we have set out to. I haven't accomplished what I have set out to do. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's you, you have to, I, I'm reading this book right now. Um, it's a leadership book from, I forget the Harvard school or something like that sitting across from me. Um, but I read, I was reading it the other day and one of the things it talks about leadership and management and how, you know, you need to focus on your opportunities, not your problems. Like opportunities have to be your main focus. Yes. Problems arise and that requires your focus, but when it becomes all of your focus, you know, and I think about a client that we have that we're, it's very, it's a very difficult situation right now with, with a di- very difficult client. And I, and I think about that is that I spend all this time thinking about the issues and what could go wrong and what's the worst case scenario. And, you know, in talking to some of my peers, it's like, what if, what if he sues you for the entire sum of the job? And I, and, and I got <clears> to the <throat> point, I was like, what if he does? Yeah. Like, I don't, I mean, what if he puts you out of business? I'm like, what if he does? I, I, I guess that like that would suck. Yeah, like you have people. I'm like, and they would probably get another job. I'm like, I, it's not like he. It's not like he. Like, like it's not like I'm gonna die over it. Yeah. It's not like like I lose my family over it. Okay, what if you lose your house? And then I get another. I, I I can't play that card because you're going to the the extreme you know, worst case scenario. Is it going to be the best case scenario where he's just going to wake up one day and be like, here's all your money. Like we, we're, we're actually so happy. No, but it's probably going to be somewhere right in the middle of that. The reality, right? Like the, the, the chances it's going to fall somewhere in the middle or maybe in the bottom half. 
but it's just, you know, those are the moments that make me want, question why I'm doing it. But then when your mindset changes to what opportunities lie ahead and we have these amazing projects that are up on, up on the board right now that we're, we've been signed on as the builder and it's like, this is why I do this. And it's, this is why I work so hard. That's that's why I don't take business advice from my, my dad anymore because he's a lawyer and a very good lawyer and he will tell you the hundred different ways you can get totally screwed on a deal. Yeah. And, and I just had to get to a point where it's like, Dad, I'm I'm building a business. I can get screwed at any moment with anything, right. and that's okay. Like if they screw me, they screw that's me. Why, right. That's why you. That's why you deserve a profit. <laughs> yeah. You're you're, yeah. you're 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 putting yourself at risk. It's like you. That's you know. It's funny. Like when people question profit, it's like I'm putting my. I'm at risk here, guys. Yes. Well, it's and, like I'm I'm not doing this because I need a paycheck. I'm doing No. I, if I needed a paycheck, I'd go work for someone. Yeah. I I explained that to the team the other day. You know, there's I I have the personal guarantees on a lot of this stuff. And I told them like if I'm worried, then you should be worried because I mm -hmm. have the personal guarantees on all this. If this all blows up, you walk away with some great experience and you can go get a kick-ass job anywhere else. Right. I'm stuck with it. <laughs> right. So it's like, and, it, and I'm not worried. So don't be worried. <laughs> that's, you know, and I, I'm fortunate not to be in that position, but I think early on I, I was in, in the position where, you know, it's like, and I worked for my, my dad owned a, a fence company and like, I would hear people chatter about what my dad did. It's like, oh, he's lazy. He doesn't do this or he doesn't do that. And I, it, it always bothered me because it's, you know, and especially now being in business, it's like, they have no idea. And it's not like, you know, I would want to sit there and argue and explain like, you don't understand, like I have the personal guarantee and I'm the one that, you know, lost $200,000 last year. And I'm the one that refinanced my house so I could, you know, grow this bit. Like you're not going to sit there and explain that because it's not really going to matter. No. But, but you can't help but be, you know, even if it's just for three seconds, like to be frustrated with the fact that they, they have this, um, my favorite line ever is the the must be nice must line. be and nice I, and, yeah. and I'll never forget my what one of my wife's old roommates said it one day I looked at my wife I'm like I'm never talking to her again yeah I'm like I, I pr like promise you never talking to her again like I hate her <laughs> do you follow Cameron she, Haynes uh, I don't he, he says that all that's he's this like legendary bow hunter that runs like 20 miles a day seven days a week and he just he has like Mad. a must be nice t-shirt <laughs> that, he, that he wears around and that's like one of his favorite slogans must be nice yeah yeah like i i remember i said i looked at her i was like yeah it must be nice i've been working 120 hour weeks for the last eight months uh -huh. so yeah i did take her out to a nice dinner yeah i do drive a nice truck <laughs> but like you you have no idea what it took <laughs> you know i, I don't want to make this i don't want to make this podcast dark um but no, i do want to I, I like dark I, that's good so I'm on the phone the other day and it was one of my trades and I call him and we we're chatting about a new project and I go, how you doing? He goes, well, if I didn't have employees or clients, I'd be a lot better. And I laughed. I'm like, yeah, no, I hear you. And we got to talking just about like the struggle with people and, and expectations and, and all of this. And I'm going to do a bad job at telling the way he told the story, but he goes, he's like, you know, I remember when I was growing my company and, you know, and people gave me shit for driving around a Range Rover, but, and, and, my, and I had two houses 
And then 2008 came and, you know, I, you know, we were, we were fortunate to work through it, but it, it was a struggle. It was a real struggle. And he told, he, he, he started talking about the fact that he would, his family would go down to uh, their second house and he'd stay back during the week, work during the week and have these thoughts of, you know, if I just ended it, my family would be better off. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have any stress. My family would get my insurance and I could just walk away from all of this bullshit. And he said that and it was so, I've, I don't, I can't say that I've ever felt to that level, yeah. but I felt immediately like I related to it. And I, and I was like, man, like if that story could be told, especially for who he is today, I feel like it would, you know, thousands of people would have this like sigh of relief realizing that they're not the only one that has been in that position. And maybe in, in, like I said, maybe it's not as far as suicide, whether it was a real, you know, consideration in his mind, but it got to a point where it was a thought, you know, it's like just, just having the thought of, you know, this is just so stressful that my family would be better off without me. You want to know no, what's crazy is we, we've talked about it here or there and some pretty hard shit on the, on this podcast before, because it's, you know, it's a reality in the world of construction, just in general, whether you're a home builder, or you're in the dirt side, like, like we are. And those by far, the episodes where it gets really dark are the ones that resonate the most with people, right. like by a wide margin, not the, people not the great stories, but like when it gets really dark, they're like, yeah, man, I've been there too. And that was like, I, re- I really needed to hear that. Yeah, it's it, people, there's this like sense of embarrassment yeah. or shame behind it where, you know, and that's what I, like, that's what I hate. I hate the fact that people don't talk about it. And, you know, and I'm sure, like you just said, it's, you know, that's why you do what you do. That's why we have these conversations on these podcasts is because it's not, it, you know, yes, there's definitely this selfish reason that some of us start podcasts like i want to have people on that i can learn from yeah but the right behind that is the fact that we know that we're going to talk about things that are uncomfortable and that people need to hear yeah and i i started this one for selfish it's kind of selfish reasons because it's like wow i just get to talk to my friends and hang (laughs) out and learn some stuff and this is going to be just fun uh and then it you start to see the impact it has on people and i know you've like you've seen it way more than I have. And it starts to set in like, holy shit, this is, this is actually real. And people are really taking this to heart and it's changing lives. And there's a much bigger purpose here than just hanging out with people and shooting the shit. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, and I do, I mean, we've had some crazy messages, man, on our, on our podcast where, you know, we, I remember we got one in our first year, we had this we had a guest on and we talked about having the right people on the team or something. And we got a message the next day saying, Hey, listen to the podcast yesterday. Thank you so much. I needed to hear that. I finally fired this guy. I've been wanting to fire. And it was like right before Christmas. And we're like, dude, we just totally ripped someone's Christmas away. Yeah. But it, it was, you know, it's these, it's those, uh, you know, micro moments in these conversations that people are like, all right, I feel that. And it's just like that conversation I had the other day with him. And, you know, and, and I'm like, I feel that, man. I'm like, and people don't talk about it. And you out, especially in today's world with social media, right? Everything looks great. 
Yeah. You know, and it's like, I, I talk to people every day and it's like, dude, you're building, you're, you're, you're building the best business ever. I can't wait. I want to have a business like you one day. Like you, all you do is great stuff. You make, you must make so much money. And I'm like, wrong, 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 wrong. As you're, of, as wrong. you're booking your flights with points. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, raking it in. But you know, and like no issues over here. We actually made a ton of money on that job, yeah. even though I, I find it personally financed half of it, but it's, you know, and it's fr- like, I, I try, like I do put an effort into trying to be more transparent about some of that stuff, but it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, I have to balance it. I have to balance between being the professional that someone's going to spend $7 million with and being the professional that my peers can respect and learn something from. And, you know, and there's been times where it's like, what if I just separate it? What if I become like the personal brand Nick Schiffer and then the professional brand NS Builders? But I, like, that's just not who I am. Yeah. I just, I want me to be, this is, this is NS Builders. You know, that's, that you're getting me with NS Builders and I'm going to, and I'm going to be out there promoting good craft and the way we do things because I want the industry to be better. And yeah, I, I mean, I want you to hire me because you see what I'm doing for the industry, not because... Just, not just because we we posted a pretty picture of a, a pretty house. Yeah, I've um, you know I've tried to do the same, and it's it's helped a lot more than it's hurt. But it's definitely hurt being a little too genuine at times. And yeah. and I was a little too brash, like my first year online, especially, and kind of just poking fun at the establishment when I probably shouldn't have been. And it still follows me around to this day. <laughs> people still make comments about it. And there's still people that haven't done business with us or are reluctant to do it because they're like, yeah, you know, business is great. Your guys' work's fantastic. But I don't know, that Aaron guy, like he can just say anything at any moment. And it's like, hey, guy, like I've been pretty polished for two years now. Like I have a decent track record. I know I used to do that, but I'm not right. just going to say anything nowadays. And it's still here. So I'm trying to be more thoughtful. It's funny that you say that today because I was watching your story earlier about the concrete pipe, and I'm like, oh man, he want he's he's trying so hard to hold back. Yes, yes, see, see, and that's a good example of. I am a very annoyed with people. These people are total idiots, and yet I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to say, you know, there's some people that are worked up. You know, they should get out more. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but privately, I am. So swearing at them profusely right. because they're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It It is. And it's, you know, I work with a, a business coach as well. And he's like, listen, man, you're, you're giving away everything you do to all of your competitors. Yeah. yeah. And I, I a hundred percent agree, but I've always stood by the fact that, you know, I want to be the professional in the room. I want to be the the person that when they think about building that it's it's me and if that means all my competitors are, are copying what i do so so be it but the moment i tell like the moment someone reaches out and asks me a question about hey do you know how to do this and i say no they're going to go on to the next person and find out how to do it someone someone has the answer whether it's google or me yeah. or another builder right and once they get the answer that becomes the go-to person and i'm removed from the equation indefinitely so it's like, if I just give what I, like, if I just share what I know, I become the, the person in the room that people, you know, trust. And then they're, they're thus creating a brand awareness around who we are as a business. 
And and that's not the real value to to I mean your knowledge is important, but the value of your business is your attention to detail, your team, your your drive. I mean all the experiences you guys have have learned from and, and the work you put in. And that's like we had this conversation the other day. Some guy like, what if he takes our idea? And I'm like, okay, like he can go take our idea. Good luck. Like let the best man win. We're gonna win. <laughs> I mean, right. It's you know it's everyone's not the idea. Everyone's like, what if, you know, what I, I've been talking about, you know, uh, sharing some of our like plans or blueprints or, or, or even like possibly selling them like at the end of a project. It's like, well, what if they, you know, what if they build that and, and copy you? I'm like, all right, let's just, let's run through the, this right real quick. If they're going, you know, if, if they buy, they still have to execute on it. And the fact of the matter is, is like, we we spent a ton of money and time on that to make it re- right. Like it took a lot of effort. So if they have the effort to put into it, dude, all the power to them. Yeah, good luck. The light the likelihood of them actually executing and, and being competitive with us is slim. But even if they are like, even if they do come in and they, and they crush it and they do a better job, great. That's gonna make me want to innovate and be better the next time. Exactly. And that's the, and that's the thing. It's like be like constantly in being pushed to constantly innovate because everything is so fast these days where it's like, if you're not, if you're not innovating, you're, you're getting left behind. Well, and if you're building uh based off of a plan set that you guys just finished, I mean, how many years prior did that, did that plan set actually start? And right. so there are years behind where right. you just left off and you're already running past that. Yeah. They can't and ever like, catch up. We we come up with crazy ideas sometimes, and I'm like, I can't wait to talk about this and film it. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll and I'll film it and meet like as we as we're doing it. It's like this is how we did it. This is what we're doing. This is why we did it. Here's what it looks like in process. Here's what it looks like when it's done. Oh, you oh you missed how we did it. Here's a video on how we did it. It's and a little it's, like, it's a little scary though. Sure. Yeah. It's uh, when did you start putting everything out there? Because I think you're like that's what. F- that's how I found you was your, your marketing. It's super, super clever and very well done. How and why did you start that in the first place? Um, I, I mean, it, start, it started when I started my business and it was just a way to just share what I was doing. My now wife, um, girlfriend at the time was like, you should post on Instagram. It's this, you know, this new app. And if you go back to like my original Instagram, it was like I, I took... She took a picture of a piece of peanut butter toast she made for me and put it on Instagram. Nice. And yeah, I know. I think it's still up and uh, real cute. And and then I was like, yeah, oh, this is kind of cool. And then I was like, I'm going to use this for my business instead of like peanut butter toast. And I started posting stuff I was doing on my business. And of course, it's like friends and family. Like, oh, you're so cool. Like you're building this and you're building that. And probably my... I would say my third job was doing this deck. Again, it was just a carpentry company. I was doing this deck and someone reached out and said, hey, I follow you on Instagram. You look like you do really cool carpentry and you you got a, a bunch of cool tools. So you definitely know what you're doing. I'd love to talk to you about doing work for us. It was an interior designer. And I read that. I was like, she follows me on Instagram. I'm like, huh. Okay, so I we we connected and I looked at a project for her and you know we we ended up not doing it, but I was like, there's something here, and 
I, I have an obsessive personality, as we've kind of already talked about, is that when I see something, I want to do it to like the best I can. And it, similar timing as to when like Gary Vaynerchuk was becoming super popular yeah. on social media and I caught wind of him and I was paying attention to what he was doing. And, I, and I've always, I've always struggled with getting advice from um, people in the same trade as me because everything, it just seems so archaic. And I, I was paying attention to how Vaynerchuk was marketing his company. And I was like, what if, what if we did that? What if we took the approach of, you know, social media and video and, and, and things of that nature. And my wife and I just bought our house. Um, we, we got married, we bought a house and we were going to renovate the whole thing. And a friend of mine who I went to college with was doing video on the side. And I called them I'm like, Hey, I, I got this idea. I want to film me renovating my house, just like short episodes. And he was driving like three hours. He'd film all day and then create like a quick video out of it. And he came, you know, like when we demoed and then when we framed like one day shoots and then made a video, like at the end of the day, he'd do like a direct to camera interview. And I just talk about it and it started picking up steam and people were like, these are really cool. It's cool to see the progress of the project. And that's when I realized I'm like, all right, I'm going to stay on this, pay attention to what like guys like Vaynerchuk are doing. And I'm going to, I'm going to go for this. And we took, I took a break. His name's Doug him and I took a break cause he took a, a, a full-time job and we were doing things like sporadically. And every time we did, like I, I, I was super impressed with it, but I always wanted it to be better. And I was like, what if we change this? And we just didn't have the time cause it was, this, it was always part-time. And it got to a point where he started working for other builders because I'm on mm. social media showing these videos. People yeah. think they're cool. Yeah. So they were, they were reaching out to Doug and saying, Hey, will you do a video for me? And I remember scrolling through my feed and seeing and seeing a video and it started and the music started. And I was like, that's, that's, I thought it was my video and it was another builder. And, and I texted him immediately and I was like, Hey, tell me how much you make at your full-time job and let's make this happen. I want to uh -huh. hire you full-time. And he was like, seriously, I'm like, like, yes, like I, this is, I, I just think that we have something here and we need to run with it. And he did, he came on board and we have been, you know, we just went ham with the video and he films every single day. And it's just, it has evolved over time into, you know, into what it, what it is now. Like Instagram has been our biggest, biggest thing, but it has like, has really grown legs outside of that through other social media channels. But I just realized early on that there was value behind sharing who I was and who the business was and was going to give me this leverage opportunity to skip steps in growth where it's like all of these builders that, you know, I started compete competing against, you know, in the early days, it was like small renovation contractors. And it's like last year I bid a project against the biggest builder in, in, in Massachusetts, yeah. you know, for this project that it was like a $10 million project that, you know, I mean, frankly, maybe I didn't have any right even looking at it, but I was brought to the table, whether or not it, what, whatever their reason was bring, for bringing me to the table didn't matter to me. I was invited. 
and I was sitting at the table with the, the big guys and and here's an, here's my opportunity to 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 get a job that you know would be a you know a a flagship job for us. We didn't get the job, but and and it was solely every, everything checked out. They just were like, "You haven't built anything like this, and we want to work with someone that has." I'm like, "Fair enough. I need to find a different client that." understands that you can't build your first without building your first. And we, and we've been able to do that. Yeah. But, but like you said, you were there because, you know, every time they go online, you're there. It's like, awareness. These, these guys are just everywhere. They must be everywhere. enormous. It's yeah. crazy. And it's, and it's like, I get the, vi- I get the photo of the van on the highway. It's like, dude, how many vans do you have? Yeah. 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 And yeah. I'm like, two. Yeah. I got a picture have, of my truck yesterday yeah. sent to me. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, but it is, it becomes this, it becomes this awareness and it just, you know, and, and I, everyone's like, oh, do you, do you, do you screw with the algorithm? Do you not like, do you, I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm yeah. like overly consistent with what I'm doing. And in, in the sense that I'm always doing it, but it's not, you know, I, I've stopped trying to curate the content to what I think does well, where it's like, I, you know. Someone asked me the other day and they were like, Hey, my, my views are down or my likes are down. I was looking the other day. I'm like, yeah, my, mine are, mine are shit. Like I, you know, based on what we usually get, but whatever, like I'm still like, I I can't, you know, maybe Instagram's losing steam. I don't know, but I'm still like, I'm still going to stay, I'm going to stay consistent with it. Well, it's still working for your business. It's it's funny when people are like, so where would you be without social media? And I'm like, I, I don't know. It's not even really worth entertaining because there, there wouldn't be a whole lot without it. Right. I, I, someone asked me. I did a Q and A yesterday, and it was. Um, someone asked me, "Is like, it, professionally speaking, if Instagram were to go away today, what would you do?" And I didn't actually end up getting to answer that one, but I, you know, there'd be something else. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like it's you know it, that would be like me asking someone saying, "Hey." If you wanted to sell your four wheeler and they got rid of the want ad, what would you do? It's like I'd sell it on Craigslist, <laughs> and it's like now nowadays it's like, well, what if they get rid of Craigslist? It's like I'd sell it on Facebook Marketplace. It's like we're we're evolving. It's not this, going it, away. Yeah, yeah. Like media doesn't just media is not going to disappear. It's like I don't know. I'd go. I guess I'd go ham on TikTok. So you because- have you have a guy on your sites every single day with a video camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. I mean, it, it, it to it, me, it's, it's cool. very simple. And it's like, yeah, that that's totally worth the money spent on it. But are other people like, why the hell would you spend spend that kind of money on just videos every day? Yes. Um, There's probably a I, lot of people that don't get it. Yeah, and I just ignore that. Unless yeah, yeah, they're yeah, genuinely yeah, yeah. asking. Yeah. Um, but I mean, dude, I, we've gotten, we've gotten m- multiple jobs where they've hired us. Like... Some strictly because they can't wait to see their place be on video. Wow. And I had, we had one job where she's like, I love watching your story so much that when, you know, the, one of the reasons I hired you, cause I, all I wanted to do was see my house be storied every day. Wow. And I'm like, this is all like, this is so fun. Huh. And you know, the video side. Yeah. I mean, we, we do all these different forms and, and Doug has become super efficient because he's full time with us now is that, you know, we do what we call like high impact videos where it's like a single shot or maybe a couple quick shots of just something going on that I can talk about. And then we, then we do the more, you know, polished, like, um, you know, obviously do stories, but we basically, we have one called site visit where it's, you know, every Friday I go around and hit a bunch of job sites and I just, 
it, he's like, I'm like, Hey, run the camera. Let me talk to who I got to talk to. It's my opportunity to check in on the progress. And then I'll just turn around and talk about, you know, what we just, you know, Hey, take, take a look at this detail. I want to walk you through why we did this. And it's kind of like Instagram stories, but in a, a long format video, because people, that we, we, we realized that these short impact videos were great, but people were literally begging us to do longer videos. Mm -hmm. Like I want, I want to see more. I want to see the whole project. I want, I wish this was an hour long and we've thrown out some hour long videos and they, they, they crush it. That's the, see when people say it's like, Oh, attention spans aren't like more than two minutes. I'm like, you don't know what you're, what are you talking about? Based on what? Like you based have, on what? Right. It's like, yeah. sure. On, on Instagram with the, what do they call that? The, uh, the infinite scroll or something like that, yeah, where you yeah, just scroll yeah. and scroll. Yeah, but yes, you, it, for a video, like if you want to look at the analytics behind a video and how to make one successful, yes, with it, you have literally like 0.2 seconds to grab their attention to get them to watch the rest of the video. So, like your clip art, yeah, and what that first two seconds is like. I always tell Doug, I'm like, make it something weird, <laughs> like have it be like the weirdest part of the video. So people are like, what the hell is that? Uh -huh. And then they watch and then it's, you know, and then it's, it's counted and people are, are, are pulled in and, you know, Doug spends, all, you know, him and I always uh, kind of geek out and we'll find an article where it's like, you know, the way to, to YouTube is to make sure you use green, red and blue lettering on your videos. And I'm like, Hey, did you know that? And he's like, no, but let's read into it. And it's like, Oh yeah. That, because of these reasons. And it's, you know, and it's like, yeah, there's, you know, there's part of us that want to crush the the YouTube world, which is a, a totally different world and, and by itself. And the growth on there is so weird. But it's it's just it's more. It's not because we're competing for likes or anything like that. But it's more of this com internal competitiveness yeah. where it's like, yeah, we just want to be number one, man. Like we just want to put out awesome content and just and just and share it. And get people like I want everyone. In the, if I want to build homes around the world, then I'm going to have to be brand aware, have brand awareness across the entire globe. You know, I see a lot of designers doing it, but as far as builders are concerned, and I might not just, I just might not be very in tune with the world. There's still not a, I don't see a lot of similar content to you, and maybe I, maybe I'm just not paying attention. But it's like the design world. It's, yeah, it's very, very, very common now. Super, yeah. But I feel like I mean, in the building world, it's still not all that frequent. I mean, I would say there's a good group of um, there's a good group of builders on online and on Instagram specifically. Um, you know, there's definitely a few YouTube guys. Matt Risinger is a huge one out of Austin, Texas. I've heard of that guy. I mean, he's probably like him and I are probably, you know, we have very different video styles. But he, he and, and he definitely, I mean, he's got multiple camera guys, but I would say that we're approaching it in similar ways where we're just going all in on it because we just want to share our process. He's super technical, you know, super like behind, like behind the science of things where, you know, most of what we're doing is the why it's mm -hmm. about the attention to detail and the why we do things. And, you know, it's, I always say that our videos should show you, show you how to do it. But like when you're listening to it, we're talking about why we're doing it. So it's not this like, 
all right, first you do this and like, it's not this step-by-step how to you're, you're watching it happen. So you can, you're start you like, you understand how it happens, but you're listening to me explain the why. And that's what, you know, it, it does two things. It, you know, it creates, it, it creates the opportunity to learn, but it's also creating this, you know, again, awareness behind who we are and why, and what we do. Funny thing is I don't build anything and I, I'm not all that intrigued by home building. I like big bulldozers, but I still watch, I still watch your shit all the time. And I find it fascinating. I'm like, just, wow, this is really neat. Like this cabinet, like look how they're doing that. And yet I'm not I, I like, there's I no, there's no real intrigue there otherwise, but I'm so yeah. drawn to it. I mean, th- uh, I mean, I got to mean to be too I, honest, but I'm a bulldozer guy. No, I do it. And I, pre- and, and I'll like, I'll flip it around. I mean, actually I was, I can't say I don't like bulldozers and next, like, I wish I, I wish I was into them more. I wish I had one. I, you know, I, I rented a mini up in, at, at our cabin and I spent five days and I'm like, this is awesome. Oh, I yeah. feel like, I feel like I could just do this all day. Um, and then I broke the thing and had to call the rental company and come pick it up. But, you know, I appreciate that because that's, you know, that is the intent behind the way we approach sh- our sharing is that, you know, we're, we're, we're really trying to crack this code that I've kind of outlined is being like this old house, right? This old house is a respected brand. They, you know, th- no matter who you talk to, it's, it's someone that, you know, it's a brand that is respected amongst the peers, like builders respect it you know, customers, like it's just a respected brand, but it's not super entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's a, you know, slow is probably a, a bad word for it, but it's a little slow and it's like very like, you know, it's kind of step by step. It's not, it's not super entertaining where you flip that to like HGTV where it's like, it's going to cost what? Yeah. We'll be right back. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's this entertaining show and huh. it's, you know, 30 minutes long and you, you see them, you know, in the first five minutes, they, they get a sledgehammer, you see a little bit of construction and then all of a sudden you get to see the final product. The before and after photos. Yeah. Right. But yeah. that's, but that's exactly it is the before and after where, where people like humans are wired to see their end result. Uh-huh. And we found that in video is that if we're building something and we don't show like the end result, people are like, what, what the hell? Yeah. Like I just, I watched this whole video and you're not going to show me what it looks like at the end. And so it's right now we're, we're like in production on this much longer format. We're going to release them as like seasons of really, um, like full length, almost like a full length television show that is more in depth, but has that level of entertainment. So I guess what I'm getting at is we're basically trying to bridge being entertaining, entertaining to the end users, such as homeowners or, or dirt guys and be respected by other builders because that's yes i understand that i understand it's a very fine line and that's what we're trying to do in the dirt world is we need to be respectful of the industry of safety of the terminology it's a very proud world right and then we also need to make it you know i i don't take myself too seriously so i like to dick around a little bit i mean you Mm -hmm. know God forbid you mess around a little bit because, oh, it's unsafe or unprofessional, whatever it may be. Right. But yeah, you can take it too far in either direction and it's a really fine line to walk 100%. in between. <laughs> I, I think the safety thing is a perfect example. Yeah. It's like you can be discredited from the whole thing. 
I think oh, about yeah. the, think about the kids on, on online that cl- climb these tower cranes, mm-hmm. right? They're getting the best photo of that tower crane that anyone has, except for a, a, a drone or a helicopter, right? Yep. But and they and they could they could capitalize on that. But the moment they they pan that camera around and they're standing on the top of it with, because they climbed it illegally, boom, discredited. It's like, and you're absolutely right. It's like I think about. I think, did you just post a photo of you hanging off the front of a blade or something like that? Yeah, off the front of the bulldozer, yes. Where it's like, yeah, yeah it was parked and it was probably safe and all that, but it, it's like, if you if you didn't respect the safety of a job site and you were, you know, walking behind the swing of an excavator and like constantly doing these, you know, these things, people would just be like, dude, this kid, this kid's going to get hurt and it's, you know, it. I'm, yeah. I, I'm not going to have them on my job site. Well, and that, like going back to my previous point, like people have not done business with us for that reason. But I sent the exact picture you're talking about. I sent it to corporate of that company mm-hmm. and was like, is this safe? Like, I, I don't want to be disrespectful. Like, I love visiting you guys. Just want to be sure. And they're like, oh yeah, not a problem at all. Put it on the internet. Oh, that's so stupid. Like that could be unsafe. <laughs> like operator couldn't have seen you this and this and that. And you're just like, you, you can't make everybody happy. And no matter what I do, there's always right. people bitching about it. And, and I mean, you just kind of have to, you figure out a way to deal with that. And, you know, for us, you know, there's always someone that has something to say. And I, I've always taken the approach to, um, you know, flip it on them where it's like, I'll have someone like, dude, you're, you know, you're an idiot or, or like this is you're 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 wasting the client's money. You're all you're doing is just trying to make more money off this client. And I'll just be like, "Hey, man, I appreciate you watching the video. Like, I'm so glad you made it yeah. that far into the video. Yeah, I love love the support. Nothing but love for you, man. <laughs> and I, I'll get a message back like that wasn't a compliment. I was like, and I'll re- and I'll reply back again. I'm like, my bad. I took it as a climate uh, a compliment. Anyway, red yeah. heart and. And Doug will like Doug used to um, early on. He used to delete the comments, so I'd see them. Like we both get notified, and I'd be typing a response, and I hit enter, and it'd be like, "Cannot post comment." I'm like, "What the hell?" And Doug's like, "Yeah, I deleted it." I'm like, "Don't, no, 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 no. I'm having fun with this, no, man." Those are the best <laughs> like, ones. Yeah, and it's like because these guys like there's something like everyone, you know, people say it's like anyone that's going to try to knock you down is because they're 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 not confident with themselves. And it's like, they have an issue. And like, if anything, just feel bad for them. That's where I, and they, they provide me a lot of entertainment because it's like, if you come on to my page and start making fun of me, like, I'm not going to bother you at all. You come over here, it's open season. Like anything goes now, like gloves are off. Let's have some fun because you came over here. I wasn't going to bother you though. (laughs) Dude, it's, it's funny. We, you know, I had this guy on, on YouTube and he was like, you know, he's like, what the fuck are you wearing? Like, what kind of jeans are those? Or like, <laughs> why would you wear those boots with those jeans? You look like an idiot. So I started adding to the end of my video. I'm like, and so today I'm wearing Red Wing Weekenders. I got my uh, Sun jeans and I got this awesome new marine layer flannel yeah. uh, size medium. And it just like, and like, and dead serious. And people were, then people were coming. I'm like, why are you telling us what you wear? I'm like, yeah. hey, a bunch of people were super interested in my clothes and I figured I'd help their <laughs> style out. And they were like, I think they were joking. I was like, eh, hopefully I help someone. <laughs> I was like, I don't like, dude, like you just kind of do what you do. It's like, I'm not doing it for you. This video isn't for you. Well, and then there's, yeah, there's the, there's that whole group of people that don't understand your humor either. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, you know, 
um, so Ken, who runs my mill workshop, the cabinet shop, we launched a video series with him and he was apprehensive in the beginning, but now he's like literally crushing it. I'm like, hold on, you got to slow down. Cause if you take my, if you take my front spot, I'm going to be pissed off. But he, he did a video like two weeks ago and someone commented, it was like, Ken, I love the video, but you talk way too much with your hands. So I'm probably gonna have to stop watching it. Like I, you, it's just unprofessional. You, you move. I really, my advice would be to stop moving your hand. Maybe put your hands in your pocket. I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like who, who are you? Like you're telling this kid, like who's taking time out of his day and his family to do a video, to teach someone how to do cabinetry. And you're complaining about the fact he uses his hands. It's like buzz off, man. And it's like, and, and I realized in that moment that that's why Doug deletes comments is because it, when it's to me, I think it's funny, but when it's picking on someone else, yeah, it's like, all right, now I see like, I need to be like the dad, like yeah. get, don't, don't, don't talk dad down on my son. I get that. I get that. I, yeah, I, I've gone on other people's pages and started messing with people because they're messing with people I like. Right. And uh, it, it is different. Yeah. Cause you just learn that. I don't know. You get to a point where you're like, eh, you can say whatever you want to me. Like, I'll agree with you. You're an idiot. I I, I know. Like, yeah. dude, you're right. Like, I am dude, an I idiot. I can't believe I've made it this far. Yeah. But like, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Look at my track record, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, how did you guys, I, I wanted to ask about the podcast briefly. How did you yeah. guys get started on the podcast? Because it, dude, I was on the podcast a little mm -hmm. bit ago now, probably like six months ago. And I, I had not heard of you guys before that. And that was my mm -hmm. first exposure. And then after I recorded the podcast, I started looking and putzing around. I was like, holy shit, this is actually, this is kind of a big deal. Like this is, yeah. I wish I would have known this beforehand because <laughs> I, I would have maybe, I don't know, been a little bit more thoughtful. Uh, how did you guys start that out in the beginning? Um, I mean, why? So Johnny uh, was local to me. And just like anyone else that I come across that I'm interested in, you know, in, in any way, I'm going to just reach, I, I just straight up reached out. I'm like, Hey, I saw that you're local. want to grab a beer. Mm -hmm. or I'd love to, Hey, I'd love to come out, check out one of your jobs. Cause if someone, you know, I'm always going to ask. And if someone tells me no, Hey, no is no. Like I, I, I want to ask because I want to ask. And he was like, dude, come on by. Here's the job site. And I, I came over, we had a beer, we chatted, talk shop. And we just were like, all right, this is cool. Like, you know, you, uh, you want to hang out again? And we did, we, we end up and end up going out, uh, for beers a couple times. And I remember it was like when stories started becoming a thing, like, I think we all switched over to Snapchat mm -hmm. and to do the stories and, you know, Johnny and I were just kind of goofing around and I'd like do a selfie story, be like, Hey, look at who I ran into. It's Johnny. And we're out having a beer, talking shop, talking about building, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, people were starting to message us like, Hey, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. Mm. About what? Like, we're just, we're, we're just talking bullshit and drinking beers and having burgers. And it started becoming this thing. And Tyler is in New Jersey. And we were, it was the same thing. We like became like Instagram friends and we're DMing each other and then text messaging each other. And just, we just shared a lot of the similar values. And uh, this company, Cucan Brothers, puts on this product expo. It's a lumber company, and they do a product expo, and they wanted to have a panel discussion about social media. 
And they were like, and who better to ask than you three who are seem to be doing everything with social media mm-hmm. on in- Instagram and, and Snapchat and doing stories and walking around job sites. So he collected the three of us and asked us to come and speak. And that was the first time we met Tyler in person. Like, like it was like we, we were, I didn't even remember that I hadn't met him. It was like, hey, what's up, Tyler? Yeah, yeah. And because we had talked for so long and they called it the Modern Craftsman, um, the Modern Craftsman panel. And so we get up on stage. Mind you, I hate talking in front of people. I like took like six shits before getting on stage because I was so, <laughs> I was so nervous. And I don't know if you bleep this stuff out or not, but. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't. But I, I was so, I was so nervous. And I like, I bought, I remember botching it and like my face is red. And looking back, it's just funny because now it's, I don't necessarily like it, but I actually, I, I enjoy making myself uncomfortable to be better at something. Um, but either way, we're, so we're up there, we're talking about social media and we, dude, we had 500 people registered. Wow. It was like, like insane amount of people just showed up to this thing just to hear us talk. At this, like, at this point where you guys, like you guys had followings on social media. We did. I, I don't remember to what extent. I mean- I have no idea what. Well, I had my, I had my box drug, so probably ten thousand. Okay, yeah, so you know, modest. It was like, yeah, yeah, you were there. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was growing. Yeah, and um, so we we got off stage and like we're you know they're like hey hang out at the expo like, we'd love to have you. It was like a mob. It was like people just like lined up to talk to us. Wow, and we're like, dude, what the hell? And I remember leaving. And I hopped online and I bought the moderncraftsman.org because I nice. thought it was such a good name. Yeah. And dot com was taken. And then I followed up with Ryan, who uh, was the marketing manager at Cucan Brothers. I'm like, hey, I kind of bought the moderncraftsman.org. I really like that name. We're thinking about doing something with it. Are you cool with that? Uh, and I think he probably replied, well, I don't have a choice now since you own the URL, but yeah. sure. Um, and John, Tyler, and, and myself were like, you know, let's let's do something with this. And I I actually think I can't no, it might have been after I can't remember if it was before or after, but John and I were like, what if we just, you know, everyone keeps asking us to get beers. Let's just post that we're gonna go to another bar this this Friday and just say, Hey, we're gonna be at this bar if you guys wanna come hang out. So we did that one time and we were like, Hey, we're going to Tony C's on Friday five o'clock if you guys want to hang out for a beer like no, nothing formally just threw it out on a story and it was just like a small bar so mm-hmm. we're just we walk in dude 42 people show up no shit and the and the restaurant was pissed they were like what are you doing i'm like <laughs> we just oh, we, we don't know we we have no idea and everyone's in there like drinking beers talking like having these conversations and at the end everyone leaves and me and john are like who's paying for the beer <laughs> and we, we, we end up splitting the tab because it like, I, I don't, I, it was just, it was insane. And we tried to do it again. If we did do it again. And that's when we realized that these conversations, they're still not valuable because it's only one-on-one. Yeah. And I, I, I don't remember who, who had thought about it, but you know, we kind of collectively said, what if we did a podcast? So I think John was the one, he bought a bunch of equipment we brought it out into my wood shop. We set it up. We set up on a five-gallon bucket, one microphone, and the three of us just started with, uh, "Hey, so this is uh, the Modern Craftsman podcast, and I'm Nick. Hey, I'm John. Yeah. 
Hey, I'm Tyler. <laughs> and we just and we just chatted and we launched it. And it was really, you know, this we basically announced that like we feel like we could bring something to the industry and have these conversations in a form that people can listen to forever rather than just being in these these closed groups. And for about a year, it was very sporadic. Like every week it was like, hey, what can you meet up? Tuesday, I can't do Tuesday. Can you do Wednesday? I can't do Wednesday, but I could do Thursday. I can't do Thursday, but I could do Friday. And it was always like trying to figure it out. And it was never consistent. So for a year or so, we did that. We started having guests on, uh, going to events and having guests. And we would do it live and record them there. And um, then Doug actually got involved because we needed someone to help edit. And when Doug got involved, he's like, dude, you guys have to record every week. The only way this thing is going to grow is if we record every week. Mm -hmm. So for like the second year, he was like on us. And it was still, hey, do you guys have a guest? Hey, we should ask this person. Let's ask him tomorrow to see if he'll record tomorrow. And it was still this like, you know, not real form. We were doing it every Tuesday. And if we didn't have a guest, it'd just be the three of us. And then we decided, you know, probably roughly year three, let's just schedule this stuff. And it's like, when I asked you, I had probably been using that scheduling thing for maybe three months. Like it, it was, and, and it's and good it, to me. We, I was like, wow, this is pretty it, legit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it worked and it worked awesome. And it was like, we booked out six months of people. Wow. And we were like, this is, this is, this is awesome because now we know who, who's coming and it's, um, and we can prep for it and we're not stressed out. And it's like, we're just, now we're just showing up. Um, you know, with all that being said that, you know, we actually, we, we haven't officially announced anything, but we, we decided to take a, a few weeks off because it's been going, we've been doing it for three and a half years, just every single week. And recent, like just recently, individually, we've all had some stuff go on, you know, that just has kind of um, overwhelmed us in the sense that we just need a little mental break. Mm -hmm. um, so we took a few weeks off and kind of reposted a few, but we're we're very much going back to it and it's you know like we talked earlier it's it's just so we saw the value in talking and sharing and when you when you get that message saying hey i really needed to hear that it's like it's fuel in the tank do you get more comments about the podcast or your videos on instagram um more comment that's interesting like just, yeah just just more feedback about it whether it be in person or whatever it may be I don't know. Yeah. I think I, 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 I want to say it's pretty equal. Yeah. I feel like the, you yeah. know, the mo like the modern craftsmen and NS builders and vintage builders and TRG, like those brands individually are very connected to the modern craftsman brand mm -hmm. that it's like you almost, it's like the majority of people know them as the same. You know, there's definitely small portions that I think there's small portions that know NS Builders but don't know that we have a podcast. But I don't think that many of the podcast yeah. people that know the brand don't know that it's NS Builders Vintage and TRG. That makes sense. Yeah, it's I guess for 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 me it it it's been surprising how many people actually listen to these damn things. Dude, every like we especially when we were on a stride every week it was just crazy numbers yeah and you know and then we you know we haven't taken really any we have one sponsor last year and we've entertained a few 
And it's really just come down to us just not um, having the time to like put de- put together, literally put together the document saying, hey, do you want to be a sponsor? Yeah. Um, and, you know, but anytime we've had that conversation, you're like, yeah, what are your numbers? And we kick the numbers over and they're like, oh, damn. <laughs> they're like, you, and we're like, yeah, I mean, according to my research, we're the number one podcast in the building industry by, Shit. you know, by a long shot and and by a long shot with ratings like our ratings are like 900 ratings or something like that i i like that i I think it's done so well because there's not like an ulterior motive there it's Mm -hmm. just you guys shooting the shit yeah and it's funny it's funny because the best episodes are when we don't have a guest Mm, yeah and right before christmas this past year we hopped on and tyler had um an allergic reaction. He was cutting MDF and like got really sick. And we just talked about how we talked very much about mental health in this, in this industry and how all of us individually, I think on that podcast said that we're all done. Like we're, we're thinking about not doing this anymore. Yeah. We're going to move like, and just, and it was every day. Like, you know, I listened to that podcast. Holy shit. Holy shit! Like you, you guys hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. You guys have, and it and it was exactly what you just said. We hopped on, and we didn't have a guest, and we were like, "So what do we want to talk about?" And then we just started chatting, and it was like we weren't. It was like we were hanging out, yeah. sitting around, having a drink, and just we literally just started chatting and, and bantering as if no one was listening. Yeah, it's. I guess when I was on, it was like I think it was like Johnny. He was like eating his dinner or something like that. I'm like, wow, this is. <laughs> I like it. Like we are really just hanging out. Like this isn't yeah. even a podcast. This is us just we're just hanging out as far yeah. as I'm concerned. And that's and that's how we've always wanted it. And anytime it's swayed from that, it just hasn't felt right. And you know, and there's been there's been a there's been I would say maybe less than a handful of podcasts that were a struggle to get through because it wasn't like we were hanging out. It was, yeah, it seemed too yeah. scripted or like there was an, a motive behind why that guest wanted to be on. Uh, you know, it's like when you watch Shark Tank and the guy comes in, doesn't actually want an investment. He just wanted to be on TV. Just the advertisement. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 But it's like, you know, it is, it's, you know, it's just us hanging out. Let's talk about whatever. I don't want to, ha- don't tell me what you, t- don't tell me that it, you want to talk about social media because yeah, we'll talk about that if it comes up. Uh-huh. Like, let's just roll with this. It's just, it's, and that's why we, you know, in the, in the description and the schedule thing, I added, Hey, we're, like once you're online, we're recording. So, yeah. you know, just we're, we're going to roll into it. And if we banter and say something stupid in the beginning, yeah, we'll cut it out. But there's, it, we found that like this formal introduction, it made people nervous. We and stopped doing hard. that too. For yeah, that exact it, same reason. Yeah. It's hard it's hard enough to get people to open up. Yeah. Never mind saying, all right, hold on one second. We're gonna do a countdown. We're gonna introduce the job. I mean, introduce the 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 podcast, and then we're gonna introduce you and you're gonna tell me who you are and your name and what you do. And it's like I'm sitting here and I'm like shaking. Yeah. And it's like I don't even I honestly don't even know when you press record, but we hopped on, we started talking about running. I've uh I've learned to just press record. Uh, because people people like to know it's real because they're exposed right. to so much polished bullshit. But it's so funny. You'd have these, or at least when I started out, and I still don't know what I'm doing, but when I started out, you'd be talking to the person for 10 or 15 minutes before. They'd be- you get all the good stuff out. All the good stuff. They'd be loosey-goosey, this and that. Then you, okay, all right, we're going to introduce you. We're going to play our intro music. You introduce them. 
And then they come back like they're a different person. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, hey. Like, we just got you warmed up. Like, what, what's going on here? Come on. And then you go through like the same 10 or 15 minutes to get them back to where you were before. <laughs> right. And it's, you know, and it's, and we like all, all three of us have to log in remotely. And if, you know, we're not there yet, like I might be recording, but the guests will want to talk. I'm like, hey, with all due respect, I don't want to talk to you right now because we're going to talk about something really cool. And I'm not going to remember that we didn't talk about that yeah. on air. Yeah. Like we just have to just wait until we're ready to roll. And once everyone's on, like then we'll talk. But right now, just shut up <laughs> because like we're going to waste it. I, 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 it almost bothered. I was listening to a podcast this morning and when they like referenced something they talked about before the podcast and interview, they're like, yeah, you know, we, we talked about it before the show. And you're like, well, you feel like you're left out. Like, wait a right. minute. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, what, what was that about? I and right. like, and I can't know about it. And you, you're, you're almost. It's like you're, you're bothered for some right. odd reason. I don't get it. I don't get why. But I was bothered this morning by it. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is after you guys got to know each other. Yeah, it's like I thought we were getting to know this guy with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, hundred percent. And, that, and that's all. It's always been the way we wanted to approach it, and it's and it's made it fun, and it's made it real, and it's allowed us to to really connect with our audience. Well, I wanted to explore that because. I became a fan after I was on, not before, like I explained, but it's, yeah. it, it's just, yeah, it's interesting what you guys are doing. It's very unique. And especially in the building world, like there's just, there's a lot of podcasts now, but in the building world, and I know there are still, like there are quite a few now, but also it's still a pretty limited mm -hmm. group of folks. And it's, you know, there's usually... It, whether good or bad motive behind it, whether it's like, hey, this podcast is going to be about teaching you how to do things. Yeah. Or this is about the business of contracting and how you should make more money as a contractor. Or like, but, this is the NS Builders podcast to, I mean, in theory, just yeah. promote your business. <laughs> right. I mean, so we have, like, yeah. I, I launched an NS Builders podcast. So we do, you know, I do that once a week and it's, it's really me and maybe one other of my guys. And we're just talking about like, the the culture and who my who I am what the business is it that's just like a deeper look into me yeah yeah it's like yeah. A, it's like a blog post uh, I'm sorry not just me but me and my business yeah and my and my team and it's just like it's like a blog it's like an audio blog post of something that's on my mind and last week it's like I think we talked about um I, I talked about bigger picture and how you know what I want out of the business and how I plan to get there and the struggles that I face but the modern craftsman has it's it's you know, while it is really, you know, kind of circled around the building industry, it's always been the goal to just talk about craftsmanship in general. Mm -hmm. And we've had, you know, we've obviously had you on. We've had Jonathan Ward, who owns Icon 4x4, who builds like quarter million dollar Broncos out in California. Wow. It's And, you know, and these are interesting people that have chosen a path of craftsmanship and we just want to talk about it and explore it. And it's never been, you know, you have to be a builder. It's, you know, frankly, we we want more people outside of that. You know, it's just, I, I think craftsmanship in general, you know, it's becoming cool again, mm -hmm. you know, to be blue collar. But, you know, but it's also, it, it's going to be, you know, craftsmanship is still not at the forefront of uh, what I would consider to be blue collar. 
No, and craftsmanship, I mean, you could make an argue that argument that's somewhat dying on the vine. I mean, it's it's still very prevalent. You need it to make society function, but like kids in school are not exactly thinking about, you know, maybe I should be a carpenter. Like that sounds right. really cool, a carpenter. Right. And like you go to college, they're not talking about carpenters. They're not talking right. about plumbers. They're not talking about home builders or those are operators. They're talking about, no, just go to work for General Electric. Right. Okay, cool. General Electric, like sweet. Yep, that sounds good to me. I'll get a modest salary and everything will be good. And right. no touch of craftsmanship. I mean, sorry, General. I don't mean to pick on General Electric. Your wind turbines, I'm sure, have plenty of craftsmanship to them. But, <laughs> you know, the, the greater, just corporate America in general, it's just this big behemoth without a whole lot of creativity to it. And that's where most people end up. It's a bummer to yeah. me. I know. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, the, it's so systemized where it's like your, your task is basically taking it from here to here. And then someone else in that, in that, you know, that building takes it, you know, the next step. Yeah. It's just this like order of operations and it's just, you know, you know, the digital world, the paper world, it's, you know, I, I, I feel like it's, it, it, the, the lack of craftsmanship attributed to that is frustrating. And, and, Listen, I don't think that everyone, you know, everyone wants to be part of craftsmanship. No. But it would be nice that if everyone appreciated it. And that's, you know, and that I think is more important than getting everyone to uh, contribute to it. That's exactly along the lines of where we're at is not everyone needs to be in the dirt world, but everyone depends on it to live lives, like civilized mm -hmm. lives. So if nothing else, I just want to give everybody an appreciation for, hey, like, wow, I turned my lights on. I flipped a switch and my lights came on. Like just a reminder that, hey, that's not actually by accident. Like there's a, mm -hmm. there's a whole industry making sure that happens every single time you turn, you flip the switch. And I'm going to, I might come off as an idiot here because I didn't read your caption underneath that um, concrete. Most people, most people don't. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, let, let's just get this off the table. I think you take beautiful photos and they're, they're uh, every time I look at them, I'm like, dude, and I saw the I saw the one the film versus digital. I'm like, it's that it's wasn't super even cool. me. That was one of our guys. Oh, wasn't? Yeah. But it's like your the photos there, the photos you guys take are just they're 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 perfectly contrasted. It just it it makes like that's what I was so attracted to when I came across it on my. I don't even know how I came across your feed. Probably uh, probably on my explore. But it was like, damn, that's a good picture of a bo uh, dozer. <laughs> but what I was getting at is that you know something that you just said, and I always think about how I would portray, you know, things if I took a different career path on social media, like the, the concrete tube, how you just said that every, people's lives depend on it. I, again, don't know what your caption said, but if I posted that and to bring it back, it's like, did you guys know that this six foot concrete diameter tube is how the, you know, the sewer gets from your town into the sewage treatment plant. And it's, you know, and, and I, again, I don't know if that's what it, you talk about in it, but it's like, you know what? No, I didn't. Yeah. And damn, that that's a big concrete tube, and I didn't. I didn't even think about the fact that when I take a crap, it has to go, you know, all the way to that sewage treatment plant. That it has to go somewhere. You know, for for me, it's it's in the middle of the, the friggin' ocean over yeah. here. And it's like, how the hell does it get over there? Yeah. I and was it's just like, well, I wasn't going to that. I was in LA and they were boring a seven mile, 18 foot in diameter tunnel. 
Crazy. for wastewater. Mm-hmm. Like no one thinks of that. And it's, you know, dude, you know what I try I I, I try to look up the other day is um like underwater tunnels. And I was driving because uh, every time I drive through a tunnel, I don't I don't know why I, I know this, but it's like you can the shape of the tunnel changes from when it's underwater to when it comes back into the earth. Yeah. And I've started to notice that. And I don't know. I'm I'm like I'm a freak when it comes like I just like pay attention to weird crap but i was like how how do they get them underwater oh it's wild and i was like and and someone was like oh yeah they 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 drop them in the ocean they you know they cap they cap the end and they they drop them and then they bury them in sand i'm like okay i want to see i want to see that i spent i don't know how much of my time trying to find a video like how is there how is there no video of this there's there's videos just it's just boston big dig man just start well, that's go- googling through it. Boston Big Dig videos. They All did right. some wacky, but the underwater tunnels—that's a Boston thing. You won't see them most other places. They don't do that special. a lot. They don't. Yeah, they don't. They don't do that. I I remember like I, I I when I was growing up, I used to love the ocean. I loved construction, and we'd be driving under the underwater tunnels, you know, from Logan International Airport because we'd stay on the Cape quite a mm-hmm. bit. And my mom's from Massachusetts. So I'd be under the tunnel and I'd be like, as a little five-year-old, like picturing the, the octopuses and, and, <laughs> and fish kind of swimming just outside of, outside yeah. of the car window. Right. It doesn't work like that. But I was, I was like imagining like, wow, I'm really in like an aquarium right now. <laughs> right. But it's, it's, it's crazy. And I, you know what I think actually really got me paying attention to it is, you know, you start looking on like Google Earth. And like, you know, you spend the time like, oh, look, at I can see my house. Mm-hmm. And it's, then you and then you then you zoom out and it's it shows this line that, you know, here's the highway and it goes through the ocean and then you zoom in and then the ocean, it goes from like light blue to dark blue where the tunnel is. It's like, wait, wait a minute. How, how, how deep is that? Is that could a boat hit it? Yeah. <laughs> like, can, can an anchor hit it? <laughs> like, what if they accidentally drop an anchor? Like, and I'm sitting and I'm like. How did it get down? And I'm just and I'm just fascinated by that stuff. And and just like you said, it's like no one thinks about this this 18 foot boring machine, and and why they're doing it. Yeah, yeah. you know. And so, it's and but it's and it's for wastewater. Well, I want to. I'm not, gonna. It's not for a turbo tunnel or whatever Elon Musk is building. I'm gonna tie this all the way back to the very beginning of the podcast in Charleston. So mm-hmm. there, and I've talked to our very own Eric Jumper, he works for us about this. He's out, he's the one out in Charleston and they do beach nourishment out there, which mm-hmm. is, so they build all these fancy homes along the ocean and all these big storms come in over the years and wash the sand away oh, and expose the sand up and shooting it back. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they go out. <laughs> those, <and> those, <laughs> yes. those things are amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So they spend hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. sucking the sand from the bottom of the ocean and shooting it back out onto the beach to yeah, build these so beaches I, up again. I watched, um, I don't even, it's some Netflix like mega construction or something, but when they built the island over in- um, Oh yeah, yeah, in Dubai. Dubai, and yeah. it's like, and I, it was those machines, they just, it's a boat and it drags on the bottom. It's It basically like, it was a cartoon, like this like sucking hose and it was yeah. spitting it back onto the rock. <laughs> I'm like, they built a whole freaking island <laughs> by spitting yeah. sand out of a, 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 a cannon. Yeah. And it's like, no, again, no one thinks about it. Yeah. I will say, Charleston, I'm, I'm driving around and it's like, 
how is it so much how is it so inexpensive to live here they have bridges everywhere i know and it's like these are i mean because there's rivers everywhere it's like every you're you're on a bridge constantly it's like i want to go over here bridge bridge and it's like man who's paying for all this stuff like taxes are cheap it's like so I, I thought that's where you're going with it, but yeah, the 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 beach nourishment is just it's wild. It's, look, keep a lookout for it next time you're down there because they have I, projects going on right now. I'm gonna have to. It's it's wacky stuff. Well, I think that's a podcast, man. That's a podcast, man. Yeah, not, I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah, you stopping by, dude. I, I appreciate you having me on, and hopefully, I didn't bore any of the dirt guys. Uh, but I, I I can run an, a, a skid steer. I'm pretty good with an old school bobcat. Hell yeah, I get I get mine in uh, two weeks. Are you really buying one? Yeah, people thought it was a joke. I was like, no, no, no. There's no, no there's no joke here. What are you doing with it? <laughs> I have not figured that out yet. All right. I, but so okay, social media. I really do think if I put on the internet, hey, I'm looking for a job or two in Nashville, Tennessee, to do with my skid steer. Here's 40 jobs. I will have more than enough work to do. Yeah. Yes. So I'm a little afraid to advertise because (laughs) (laughs) I have a company to run and uh, I can't just be doing skissier things seven days a week. Yeah. Aaron, I need you for a shoot. Hey, dude, I'm uh, grading this backyard. He's giving me a ton of money. I'll I'll be there tomorrow. (laughs) Well, yeah. And probably probably won't even be paid. Like, yeah, if you could just pay for my diesel fuel, (laughs) your driveway is graded. No problem. I'm not going to guarantee quality. But no. it'll be it'll be better than it was. And there'll be a sick video of me doing it. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. Uh well, Nick, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I'll be uh I'll be down in Nashville soon. We'll hang out. And people find you at NS Builders on Instagram. Yep. And uh Instagram, YouTube, um, our website, nsbuilders.com. And and TikTok. TikTok. Or my video guy, he told me today, Matt, we need to get on TikTok. I'm like, I mean, you can do it. I, I don't know if I'm going to have involvement, but feel free. Part I I know we're, we're wrapping up here, but a big part of me wanted to take a different approach with TikTok and try to follow the trends and like make it funny. And I was like, I just can't keep up with this shit. I'm just going to po- repost it's my videos. Much. Yeah. And it, but it, it, it's such a time waste. Yeah, especially with my family gone, it's like I come in, I drop my bag, and I find myself leaning on the counter for an hour looking at stupid TikToks. I'm yeah, like, terrible. This is this is an issue. Yeah, this is, and I've bought I don't know like 20 different products off TikTok now. <laughs> it's like I got to stop doing this. Um, and then uh, Modern Craftsman podcast, huh? Yeah, Modern Craftsman, uh, the Modern Craftsman podcast on um, Instagram, the period Modern Craftsman, and any of the podcast apps. Sweet. Well, I appreciate it. All right, dude. Okay. Another episode concluded. Episode 66 with Nick Schiffer of NS Builders. As always, please share the podcast with people. We're trying to grow it and we can't grow it without you sharing it because that's really our only strategy here. We're not all that smart. And uh, I... I know we we have a marketing company, but don't do marketing all that well. So please share it if you enjoyed it with someone that may also enjoy it. And we have our Monday episodes. If you haven't heard them yet, maybe give them a shot. If not, not a big deal. 
But if you do listen to them, you know that we have Monday questions every single week. And if you have a burning question for myself or Mr. Alex Horton, send it to dirttalk at buildwit.com. That is the email. We'd love to hear from you so we can get your questions answered and cure that curiosity. And with that, we'll see you on the next episode of Dirt Talk. Stay dirty. Thanks for tuning in.